Welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com or look for us on Facebook at Voices from the Bench. Greetings and welcome to episode 211 of Voices from the Bench. My name is Elvis. My name is COVID. Uh-oh. Hi, Elvis. What's going on, Barb? Hi. How are you? I said I wasn't going to mention it, but I might as well. I finally came down with it two years after the fact, so I've been in bed all day, and I feel like Actually, I've been in bed since Sunday, and it's Friday. <laughs> but it is what it is. I finally got it. Now I can have antibodies and move on. It's pretty crazy that both of us have gone so long without it. I know. Without getting it. Yeah. What are you feeling? Just tired? Fever? Yeah. Well, can you smell? And can you... Yes, I can smell. No headache. Well, Everything good. in my body ached on Monday when I came down from it. And fever and sweating. A little bit of coughing. But mostly just exhausted. Can't get out of bed. Just can't really do anything. Sounds like the flu. Yeah, I can still taste. Most of it's fever. I've had been between like 100 and 102. That finally broke today, so I've just been laying in bed. Not the most pleasant experience, but not the worst. I'm blessed. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I came down with it on the way home from Dallas, though. Damn it. So definitely not the meeting. Let's just say that. I mean, a lot of people at that meeting, I haven't heard anything. No, I think I picked it up at the airport on the way home. I don't think I got it at the meeting at all. That's what you get for going to Love Airport (laughs) rather than DFW. I told you. (laughs) Well, yeah, you're right. (laughs) But at least now I can move on. What is the protocol these days? A whole week that you have to Um, isolate? I I can't keep up with it. It changes so often. Until I don't have any symptoms and my fever just broke today. So I'll probably go back Monday. I definitely got a test. I went and bought a couple tests. So yeah. Actually, I have a couple tests that I had recently. I didn't go out and buy them. But yeah, I got to make sure I'm, you know, pretty much I think it's after four or five days. So Monday, I'm going to go back and become a human again. Yeah. Hopefully. Emerge from your cave and yeah. see the sun. How's the lab handling your absence? I know you're busy. I've been on the phone with doctors and designs. It's like I'm not even sick, right? So I'm sick <laughs> and I'm still half working but yeah they're fine i don't even know you know when you're that sick you don't really care yeah (laughs) yes i do it could freaking start on fire and i just wouldn't care because i was (laughs) not in a bad way barb barb the the lab's on fire wake up (laughs) i don't want to (laughs) yeah well we feel for you barb i i I feel terrible i wish there's something i could do but i'm a thousand miles away so there isn't. It's all good. Good vibes. Yeah, thanks. So what's happening this week? This week, we're actually going back over the pond to meet some new friends in the UK. One of the ways to become a guest on this podcast is basically just do cool stuff online. That's usually going to catch our eye and make us want to learn more about you. And that's when we discovered The Hive. Yeah, cool name. This laboratory... Located in Dorset, is owned by Eleanor and Emily Petard. Good job on the name, bro. Petard. (laughs) Emily is the hands-on technician, and Eleanor is the marketing and business genius. But together, they have created a fantastic lab, winning awards like the 2021 Dentistry Awards for Best Dental Lab and Best Technician. Yeah, amazing. With Emily's ability to work directly with patients, the Hive is quickly becoming more than just a standard laboratory. They talk about how they got into the industry, starting the Hive, taking it mobile during the pandemic, winning the awards, and wait until you hear about these award ceremonies, and what's next for these bees that are making a big buzz in the industry. I was proud of that. Come on. Look at you. I was just going to say, look at you with that play on word and laboratory. That's like twice. Very impressive. So join us as we chat with Emily and Eleanor Petard. And now a special message from our good friend, Norbert Ulmer from Grow3x. If you want to save and also grow, Grow3x is where you should go. Resins to print night guards for high impact and flex. Look no further because we have them at Grow3x. 
spurs for your mills, zirconia for your crowns. With GrowthRex, you will be the hottest lab in town. And last but not least, if you seriously want to grow, at GrowthRex Aligners, and your doctors will say, wow. Be sure to check out all GrowthRex has to offer at GrowthRex.com. That's G-R-O, the number three, X.com. And as always, we appreciate your support of the podcast. Thank you. Voices from the Bench. The Interview. We'd like to welcome to the podcast, all the way from the UK, and now my dogs just woke up, all the way from the UK, Emily and Eleanor Pittard? Pittard. What am I saying it wrong? (laughs) No, no, Pittard, but you know, it's been pronounced worse. You did well. (laughs) So is it Pittard? Yeah, 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 it's from, yeah, it's Pittard. Yeah, it's simply like French origins, so if you really want to go fancy, then you can put a bit of a French accent on it, but... It's fine. <laughs> well, let me hear it. Let's not hear the Indiana accent. What's yours? How do you say it? It's, oh gosh, the pressure. So it's kind of got the roll. So it's like petard. Ooh, I like that. Petard. I can do the roll. Yeah, I like the roll. But no one says they say petard. When my family, I'm from uh, London, sort of South London, say so it's more like, all right, petard. It's even more, <laughs> more mm. common. Oh, nice. Well, let me, let me start over. <clears throat> We'd like to welcome to the podcast, Emily and Eleanor Petard. (laughs) We're done. No, I'm just kidding. So are you two sisters? No, we're actually not. No, we're actually married. So cool. Yeah. I'm looking at your picture. You guys are awesome. Nice. (laughs) Thank thank you. Yeah, we got married in October. So I've been together for six years now. Congratulations. That's fantastic. Thank you. So you guys have a great lab. I love the name, The Hive, with like a little bee logo. (laughs) We want to learn all about it. So let's start at the beginning. Who got into this crazy industry first? Who dragged the other one in? How did you guys meet? (laughs) Let's get the whole story. Okay, so uh, Emily being Emily, yes. I started as a dental nurse when I was 16. And then I became a dental technician around about 19, I think. And then I went on to move down south, met Eleanor, who was a working in a dental practice and became a dental practice manager. And I was doing their all-on-four implants. So I was oh, going. Oh, yeah. And, and so we both were in, in it separately. Mm. But um, then I've gone on to do my clinical dental technology. But you started yeah. quite differently. Yeah, you? I mean, I didn't, I didn't actually have any prior dental training. So I started like in marketing. I've got sort of degrees in management and digital marketing. Um, and I started in that area. And then a job came up in a dental practice, just sort of doing the admin and kind of a little bit of marketing. So I thought, oh, I'll give it a go, mm-hmm. see what it's like. Um, and then... I worked on reception and admin for about a year and then took over as manager of the practice um, wow. and then kind of moved up a little bit for a couple of years and then sort of helped them with the corporate takeover um, and then helped open a dental practice for a couple and worked as manager there for a couple of years. Um, and then we've kind of moved over to open the lab together mm. kind of from that. Mm. So yeah, mine's more clinical experience, and then um, yeah, more technical. Although yeah. Ella's such a, even though she's non-technical, she helps me out so many of technical things. Like she's always one to say, Emily, you're setting up the teeth; they're sliding up to the left. And I'm like, damn it, I did not <laughs> yeah. see that. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good eye. It's kind of an annoying eye, but it's a good eye. <laughs> so Emily, how do you become a dental nurse at 16? Oh, well, I was a really weird kid that was obsessed with going to the dentist. I think it's because I was given a sticker and I'm a sucker for stickers. So um, <laughs> when you we got given one. And so I, I then wanted to be a dentist. And my mom said, well, why don't you try doing some work experience in a dental practice first? And I went and became a nurse and sort of just continued on that vein because I wasn't academically at the top of my classes, getting all the sciences that you would need to be a dentist. Mm -hmm. And then it was being a dental nurse that I was like, oh, wow, I really love the the dentures and the crowns and bridges and all the arty stuff. And that's when I Mm -hmm. segued. So yeah, dental nursing 
stemmed from a deep obsession with going to the dentist. Weird kid. <laughs> Weird. And stickers. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget the stickers. It's what it's all about, really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what does a dental nurse do? Just help me. Yeah, because in America, we don't have that term. Yeah, so I'm super oh. curious. So I think it would be, it's just basically the same as, I believe, like a dental assistant in it. So, yeah, it would just be assisting the dentist, mixing the cements, the materials, the alginate things, and taking notes, x-rays and stuff. So it's, it's, yeah, assisting the dentist. Yeah, sounds exactly like a dental assistant over here. Yeah. Yeah, 16, that's super young. That is super young. That's great. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I was, I, yeah, I was a very i'm surprised i got the job really considering <laughs> what i was 16 no idea why they trusted me but yeah <laughs> and you met by going to eleanor's practice to do all on fours yes yeah so she used to liaise with me so that they could market the fact that they had a technician coming in specifically to do all on fours and implant treatment and all of that and so that's how we got talking and i'm very I moved down here and every, from London so I'm used to city centers mm-hmm. and I came to Dorset which in England this is very seasidey and slow pace of life and so then I met Eleanor and she had a twang in her accent there was something in her accent and I, I immediately was like oh hi where are you from and then she has a very <laughs> stone cold look to her when she wants to people who know her know this look mm. and she just looked straight through my soul and just was like are you talking to me and then I was like <laughs> oh god and I was like yeah and then she said um she's originally from Manchester and that's what I could hear in her accent and so then I was like fantastic I get to talk to this really attractive woman so I was like great I'm I'm from London we're both city girls and then she was like she just sort of like sympathetically nodded and then moved away and I was like well well, that's gone down I like the chase I like the chase (laughs) so you won her over with your ability to do full arch Yes. With blood and all that. I mean, it's very impressive. So. Yeah, that's the healing side of it. Yeah, yeah. She's a dark, strange lady. <laughs> so after you left the clinical, Emily, we'll get to you, Eleanor, don't worry. After we <laughs> left the clinical, you worked at a lab? So I sort of was doing this through a laboratory, and that's when um, I started to realize from my nursing, from my dental assistant equivalent um, knowledge, I really wanted to become a clinical dental technician where I could see patients directly myself. Okay. And it, it was then from there was working at a laboratory and we started, Eleanor and I looked at basically trying to open our own and I could study to become a clinical dental technician and actually have a little surgery within the laboratory. Nice. Is that like a denturist almost? Exactly. Yeah, denturist. Yeah, yeah we call it long-winded phrase here. We call it <laughs> dental technician, which no patient knows what that is. I don't know yeah. what. I think I'm there to fix the chair or something. So, yeah, it's um, <laughs> a bad name. Is that like a two-year degree? So did you go yes. to school for that? Yes. So, yeah, I went to uh, study uh, in Lancashire, and it basically qualified in the Royal College of Surgeons. So it's very really, pretty fancy. I got it to, does sound uh, fancy. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it's royal. <laughs> yeah, royal. The step back, America. <laughs> yeah, I'll say. <laughs> I didn't know I was supposed to bow at the beginning of this podcast. Sorry. And, and roll your R's and bow. Yes, Elvis. <laughs> but yes, so it was, um, yeah, two year edition course on top of your technician course you, you can top up to become a denturist wow. that's awesome and also i like the fact that you call it laboratory we need to start doing too, that actually. here in america yeah <laughs> yeah i'm starting a movement <laughs> <laughs> so eleanor you were into marketing and managing <laughs> sorry my dogs are going nuts and you just showed up at a dental lab not really knowing anything about teeth yeah, yeah, I just kind of <laughs> fell into it because I'd got to a point where I thought I'd rather work for myself. And then in order to do that, I needed like a little bit of side money. And a job just came up doing like three days a week at a dental practice. And I thought, oh, that, you know, we'll give that a go. 
I like teeth as much as the next person. Let's go there. It won't last long. Who knew? It won't last long. It's fine. It's just a little, you know, side thing. And then, yeah, worked on the reception and admin and actually kind of found it was just very interesting. And there's like a niche there where you get a lot of people who have the clinical knowledge, but don't necessarily have the uh, management kind of background to kind of put into use or the marketing background. Very true. Yeah. Yeah, You kind of find a little bit of a niche for myself where I could go, okay, well, as long as someone can help me learn the dental side of things, then I've already got the the management side that I can help put into practice. So yeah, then I kind of got into like building some websites and going on social media and doing the marketing there and then sort of developing more of a patient kind of customer focused approach um, Mm -hmm. to the patient journey. And then, yeah, and then we was like learning more about it and obviously got to know Emily a bit better and then we moved into the lab side of things. And found that like even more interesting because it's the art. I like the art side of the laboratory. Plus, we're better people. Yeah, you've got the yin and the yang. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You've got the marketing side, and you've got the marketing side. So, so you guys got together. Where did you open your lab? Like, how did that come together? So we initially started like working within a dental practice and doing some laboratory work for one practice, and um, which is like an implant practice, um, and kind of built it from there really. Um, and Emily was already doing the prosthetic work herself and then just just casually decided to learn the digital side in a couple of weeks and work on the CAD cam and do that and then also like learn the Mayo stain and glaze technique and kind of transition throughout all aspects of the lab as much as possible and then I just worked on the admin and like marketing side of it and kind of helping out where I can like learning to pull models and things like that so I can do a few little things (laughs) (laughs) I can articulate models as well. So you did. And then we sort of did a, um, we we outgrew it because it was only two little rooms inside a dental clinic, an implant clinic. And with the machinery and everything that was growing, it was growing so rapidly that we decided to get some premises off site. And when we went off site, we realized that actually there was a lot more dentists that wanted to send us work, but they didn't want to send us work while we were in another dental practice. Yeah, they were like, oh, I don't want to give this money to the dentist that's working there. And so when we when we moved off site, we did a brand change and revamped it. And that's when the hive the hive was born. <laughs> and um, yeah. yeah. So, so how did ooh, that come about? Yeah, exactly. Where did that come from? So we wanted to do something that was giving back like we we're very we try to be very eco-friendly considering our jobs essentially manufacturing plastic and putting things out there so we wanted to yeah. try something eco-friendly back and also because of how we started which with the whole city girl and Ellen is from Manchester Manchester uh, in England has the worker bee as their symbol which is a continuous wow. city that just keeps working they're basically very, very, very industrial industrial city, mm-hmm. yes. And so they have this bee thing for them. And that kind of worked in with Eleanor and I, with Ella as the, uh, basically the, the lab wouldn't wouldn't be there without her capability of, I'm, I'm very, I'm a good technician-ish, but I'm definitely terrible at organisation. So nothing would actually <laughs> get done on time if I didn't have Ella. <laughs> I am the same damn way, just saying. <laughs> So I feel like the, yeah, we kind of fitted because we also, with the eco-friendly, we own now two beehives that we put money towards to sponsor it and help out with Mm. that. And so, yeah, have that kind of sustainability um, point to it. And then also we can give our dentists and dental practices honey, which, you know, in turn just creates more business for us. So full circle. Yeah, get those cavities. Need those (laughs) on You guys give out honey as a marketing? That's beautiful. Awesome. <laughs> that's great well you're in that country where everybody drinks tea and puts yeah. honey in it right yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't do that as much here <laughs> so that's great so I'm guessing Eleanor you came up with the design the fantastic website all of that yeah yeah well we, we, kind of, we worked a little bit together on it but yeah definitely she's being modest yeah she did it yeah on our Instagram the sort of hexagon shaped tiles that are on the instagram that's all eleanor as well she's got the yeah i'm looking at it right now as a matter of fact it's pretty awesome it's amazing it really is great marketing i mean it caught my eye and uh, (laughs) i can only imagine it catches the eyes of lots of dentists in the area 
Yeah. 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 I know a lot of people that like it. I mean, I feel like some people think I'm going maybe a bit too much because I now <laughs> have like these on my shoes and I have a bead jacket and and I'm working on the VR driver just wearing a bee costume. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's usable. I say go all out. That's yeah. <laughs> Thank you. There we go. Yeah. The car can be like dressed as a bee as well. I mean, you know, it's just lots of opportunities there for branding, I feel. Absolutely. Put some wings on that thing. Yeah. <laughs> How do you guys win an award like a best dental laboratory in the UK? Like, do your fellow technicians vote on that? Do dentists vote on that? There's um, different dental awards that they run in England, and it's mainly run by the FMC company. And basically, what you do is you get given a set amount of things that you have to fill out and basically present it to a panel of judges that they're all specialized in their area. So you might get some dentists, might be a couple of technicians or business owners, but they're all usually in the field of dentistry and they narrow it down to finalists and then they decide if you win. Mm. And so, yeah, we were majorly chuffed at the last awards because we're up against some incredible labs. And, yeah, there's um, a lot of big labs in England. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're, and they're all, they're, they're amazing. And so when we went for a sort of work night out we were like we're probably not going to win guys but it's going to be really cool to just see our name come up on the stage that's just going to be great when they originally the first one that they announced was for me to have won I was lucky enough to win the year before so I definitely thought since someone else's turn this year they're not going to make let me win again and so when I did I was just chuffed. My legs went to jelly. I felt like <laughs> I'd taken the mic off the person and being like, I'd like to thank all the people. No, I was just so <laughs> nervous. And then the second uh, the second lot of nomination things came up, mm. which was for the best dental lab. So we were just all buzzing, pun intended. For uh-huh. the- <laughs> and so then when they said the best laboratory in the UK to be the hive, I mean, I wish we'd filmed mm. our reactions, like the whole team, that all the, the technicians, we all just screamed in each other's faces. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That must have been like sickening. But yeah, <laughs> it was, that's basically how the awards run. And we've been so, so lucky. Yeah. Do they do awards in the US in the same kind of Not style? like that. No, that's why I asked. So it's, so it's like a whole award ceremony? Like, yeah. yeah. It's like an Oscars for dentistry. Yeah. There's oh black, my this one's in like a black tie and there's like all photographers flashing. It's, it's very intense. Like the music, you know, in, when someone calls out in the Oscars or something mm-hmm. like that and the music yeah, yeah. starts playing, that, that, happens yeah we had spice girls play at one point it was <laughs> intense. yeah like the actual group they're alive <laughs> no. no it's not yes, that no, it's oh. the actual spice girls <laughs> i got excited sorry yeah <laughs> that was like 25 years ago i think <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing though no we don't do anything like that that is that's awesome yeah, it's really. I mean, they, I think it's a. You should you should start one, you two, because honestly, the money that they must make because each table, each if you yeah, become a, a finalist, is like three hundred pounds. I think yeah, holy Table is like over three thousand pounds, and then they have like about forty to fifty tables full of people. Yeah, <laughs> so very clever. Yeah, very good. But it obviously okay. it works well if you win. Obviously, we've got that to, to marketing for the following year. But, yeah. Um, it's also great for a night out for a team. It just is good morale. It's kind of like a level of standard as well, because obviously you have to, to reach a certain standard to be kind of considered. So then if everyone's trying to reach those standards, then you know that the industry's kind of getting doing better, and better, and better. Yeah, exactly. Is it also clinical awards at the same time or is it all lab? Yeah. So you have, there's a couple of different ones. So you have like the private dentistry awards, the aesthetic dentistry awards, and just like this, the dentistry awards. And so mm. the aesthetic is where it looks at a you know a clinician and a technician, and then you look at a specific case that they've been working on. Wow! Um, and then both the, the dentist and the clinician, the, the technician, sorry, can get rewarded for the case that they've worked on and how well they've done it together. Um, and then the private dentistry is all about dental clinics and the dentistry awards, which is the one that we went at, is kind of encompassing all of anyone in dentistry across the whole of the UK. But they do loads. They do ones for just hygienists or health awards. Mm. They really, so it's all these different nights and they usually 
from October to December. It's mm-hmm. nearly every single weekend there's a different award in dentistry. Wow. That's mm-hmm. great. That's a lot going on. Yeah, we're way behind. What do you get? Do you get like a tooth trophy, trophy or? Oh, it was a trophy. No, you get, you do, if you win a overall one. So when we won the best implant laboratory a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. you get a glass trophy kind of thing mm-hmm. um but at the the last ones that we've won when it's not specified to be implant it was just the best laboratory you get this framed certificate certi- yes i guess okay. glass frame that you can kind of put on the wall yes but so. we've won in the there's a business awards in um is it England? Is it the, I think that's the UK. The UK one. And that one, we've won Best Laboratory. And it's not specified in dentistry. So they pick you, basically. They're wow. the prestige awards. Mm. And so we've been picked for the last few years. And that one, you get a big glass trophy. That yeah, one. That's, that's exciting. Yeah, you, we like the glass trophies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. Absolutely. Wow. You, you get to keep it. them, right? You don't have to give them back every year, do you? Yeah, we get to keep. We we oh, would awesome. keep them. I would have said, Barbara, I've lost it. There's, I'm <laughs> keeping that. So Heck yeah. Did you drink? Is it like a big cup? Is it like a big glass cup? <laughs> I don't know. It's it's uh, sort of like a little. Well, it's like a. What would you describe mm-hmm. it as? It's, it's a, essentially a glass statue, but statue. Okay. Yeah. Not a cylindrical stat- statue. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So I'm assuming that when you win an award like that, that just blows your business up. Would I be correct in that? And Dennis just want to like, you know, use you guys and, and work with you? It does. I find that it's um, definitely, it definitely puts you more on the map. But it, it is, I think in, in England we have, you get your loyal dentist and then you get sort of like with, with a few t- t- labs in the area, we sort of call them the switchers. They sort yeah. of between they'll look do a little bit here and a little bit there and um when you win an award it's almost like you get all the switches they'll sort of come over and be like oh hi and send you a couple of cases and then they'll want to try someone else a little bit later so it does it's definitely yeah I think it opens up opportunities that you might not have you know originally had and Mm. conversations with people and be like oh yeah no that's you know talk about the award and things like that but and you get some sort of loyal customers from it. Mm. I think when, when when we won it, being two female lab owners, it's it's not your average run of the mill that we found. And so I remember when we won the last award, the chap that was handing, she get a different person giving the award each uh, for each nomination thing. And he was there, and he was a very sweet man. But as Eleanor and I walked on stage, and our team were walking up behind us, the two guys that work in our prosthetic department were walking up and the the guy with the trophy sort of like smiled at Eleanor and I and then turned to the two guys and were like there's your award and the two guys thank was so sweet because we we're kind of used to a little bit of them going oh you two own the lab okay <laughs> and like the two guys were like oh no it's it's all them <laughs> and then this poor guy the embarrassment he was just like oh no we're like don't worry it's fine yeah, we get yeah. that yeah <laughs> so don't it's... worry we're badasses <laughs> <laughs> exactly but it's um yeah we get get that a lot but yeah. it's kind of worked in our favor because it's almost made us a step apart a little mm. bit different where we get a lot of female dentists send us stuff because they've said like we've got a lady who we work with closely who does a lot of implants and she sort of said that she likes the fact that when she rings and she wants to talk to us she's been spoken down to a lot she feels by a lot of male technicians who will say she's telling me that she had a male technician say um you know you need to use the your overhead light to look in the mouth you know taking an impression or something and she was just like She's a specialist. Yeah, well. she's not even just an implant dentist. Yeah, she's like a prosthodontist. And she, she was, she just sort of said the difference with us, she just feels she doesn't get mansplained a lot. I don't know if mm. you have them. So, um, oh, yeah. So it's worked well in that way. We love the guys that we work with, but they, it seems to have mm. got quite a few female dentists that that's kind of cool. Mm. That was good. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. So when you started the hive, how many employees did you have? Did you just start with the two of you? Yeah, yeah. Was, well, we had, yeah. Um, had one guy working in. We started two of us originally, yeah. and then yeah, and then we yeah. had. Simon was working in the process department, so he was kind of helping out doing the dentures and things. Mm-hmm. And then we hired Leah to do the kind of admin and driving, and then yeah, we've hired sort of Aniko, Mike, and Sandy have been in the last sort of 
nine months that have joined our team. So we've expanded, like we've all, like over doubled how many people we have in less than a year. Yeah, and it was, it was it, to be able to do that during this climate with COVID and everything. Yeah. When that hit, I was like, oh God, this isn't going to go down well, you know. But we've thankfully come out from strength to strength, touch wood. Mm. And um and yeah, so we've done quite well with, mm. with the extra staff members. And they're such a great team. It's just so, yeah. it's just nice to, I'm not used to, I'm definitely not the boss. Ella's the boss. With the stone cold <laughs> look, remember. <laughs> <laughs> I walk in and I'll be like, hey, let's go have a beer. And then Ella's like, Emily, it's, it's 10 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> Is it easy to find dental technicians in the UK? Or do you guys train like on site? It's not anymore. I think, unfortunately, the trade, loads of people dropped off the register here. Mm. And I just think at the moment, I think in the last six months, mm. it's been such dirt. It's been, of... yeah, quite difficult. I mean, we're very lucky with who we found, but we're quite specific on personality as well as skills. So mm. obviously we'll hire people who are qualified dental technicians, but in, it's kind of how they fit with the team that's really yeah. important to us because yeah. you, know, you, you always get like, if you get one bad person in a team, then it just throws everyone off and everyone's on edge. So yeah. we kind of go with, okay, who works really, really well together? Who's just a really nice, lovely person? And then whatever skills they want to learn, wherever they want to go, then we'll just kind of provide that opportunity and um, go on loads of courses and things like that. And luckily, we've got people who are really good at what they do as well. So yeah. we've kind of lucked out there. <laughs> yeah, we we'll give them training and stuff. Yeah, it's super hard here in the United States to find technicians, especially removable. They're just nowhere to be found. It's it's kind of depressing because, you know, you just can't find qualified technicians anymore. Mm, it's worrying, isn't it? Just how yeah. much it's declined. And all the knowledge, like with the removables that I learned, I've learned most of my stuff from like an older guy that I sat next to that taught me all the things that like his dad taught him. And it's all just going to die off with everyone's tricks and trades. Well, that's why you need to be teaching the next generation. I will, Elvis. I will hold (laughs) it. And yeah, I should. I should teach. (laughs) I do actually like a lot of technicians. I find they're a little bit cloak and dagger with their skills. They don't want to share or anything. Whereas um, at the Hive, we we try and do a teaching. We do something called, do you have CPD in America? Just do that. CPD, no, what, is it? what is it? We have to do a set amount of hours of continual professional development. So you have to have a set amount of hours of like learning and training. Yeah, and, like, we we call it continuing education, CE credit. Yeah. Um, okay. For people that are a certified dental technician, but it's not required to be a certified dental technician. But if you are a certified dental technician, you have to have so many hours per year yep. to remain certified. So yep. it's kind of, you know. Yeah, that sounds exactly yeah. the same. Yeah. So yeah. We, we hold um, CPD, so the your equivalent CED, at the Hive every, we, we started doing it every Tuesday evening, sort of an hour after work, where we would just throw some, either some obvious training that we need, like medical emergencies and things like that, or we'd go into just different Changeable characterization or things like that. We kind of like ask the team if there's anything that they want to learn or train that one of us could teach them, or we can get someone else in to do that. And then kind of we're starting to do it with like local dental practices and stuff as well, and all the nurses because obviously they have to do the same CPD as Ah. well. Um, Up to them and just say, you know, everyone who wants to come can come, and then we all kind of train together. And you benefit obviously from having that shared knowledge of everyone in the room as well. So yeah, we start doing that a bit more. Every week? You do that in your lab? Yeah, we do. Well, yeah, it's only at the moment we're doing sort of like an hour touch base every every week. The odd week we'll sort of skip it. But when we're really busy slammed at the lab, we sort of put it to maybe every other week. But at the Mm -hmm. moment it's been quite good yeah yeah so we have like um a kind of a cpd route like our office is set up so that it's got a projector um and sort of tables and chairs and stuff so that everyone can come and sit in there so there's like a space away from the bench as it were yeah so yeah it gives that opportunity how many do you usually have show up all the staff tend to stay uh-huh. which is handy and then we usually recently we were getting an extra two or three like nurses or hygienists from other practices for the style in which we're doing it, that's enough people. Yeah. But when we, the other day we did a planned CPD event on 
intraoral scanners for implants. And we got a rep in who brought their dense ply cutting edge scanners, uh, yeah. primary scanner. And they came. And so loads of dentists turned up for that. We mm. had about how many is it? Well, I say loads. It was loads yeah, like for we had eight dental practices there, so like clinicians and, and nurses. yeah, nurses from each of them. Wow. So yeah, that's not bad though. That's nice. That's a great way to market. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely. they applied to go on the scanner, and they really, really liked it. And we've yeah. picked up some work from that, so that's really. Oh, I bet. Got to see our mobile lab as well, so they enjoyed that. <laughs> yes. So, so yeah. yeah, I was just looking at that on your Instagram, and I was going to say it's beautiful. So you've got pictures of the inside and the outside. You guys do conversions from that. So yeah, but what we kitted out, it was in lockdown. Actually, I got a lot of phone calls from patients or people that knew of patients that had broken their dentures but they weren't allowed to leave the house because of isolation and everything and so um, I was like wouldn't it be good if we had a van that was kitted out for us to be able to do denture repairs or we could do our all on fours if I didn't know quite how far the van would be able to go so we then at fortuitously not really for him but for us one of my friend's dad's who worked for Sunseekers, putting together the ships and Sunseekers, he became redundant during lockdown. And so he then said, I was talking to him about it, and he was like, oh, I love a project. Let me let me do it for you. Wow. We got this van that was a gardener's van. Mm. We stripped it and then designed the whole inside and managed to get this battery that basically runs off the engine and so we could plug in like the hand pieces that would be connected to the battery and everything. So we can, yeah, we, in the van, I do nearly all our immediate loads and all denture repairs, additions, something that normally you'd have to send to a lab. And then the following week or the following day, you'd have to get, I would just drive or one of the team members drives to the clinic or even a patient's house if they're unable to get out, especially the elderly or care homes. And we do repairs and stuff. Mm. And it's been really, really good. What started Mm. off as just like a little idea. Yeah, because it also gives dental practices the ability to say to their patients, oh, we can have a laboratory on site. Um, So you don't have to keep coming back for appointments. We can see at the beginning of the day, take impressions. And by the end of the day, you can have a new smile. Wow. You've got to have a limit on that, right? You can only do one of those, right? You can't do a couple. <laughs> a, few, a few people have said to us like, whether or not to sort of create a franchise of the, <laughs> this sort of like fleet of vans that wow. we could. Although I think my friend's dad, who put his heart and soul into that, sort of said to me that never, never again. again. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'd, I'd twist his arm and he, he's a very skilled carpenter. So I'm sure I could. But yeah, there's definitely a demand for Stay, it, I reckon. Yeah. yeah. Do you have a boil out in there and a pressure pot and a lathe and all that? We do have a lathe. With regards to doing the dentures, we tend to do pourable. So okay. we do sort of the self, uh, what's it called? You know, the one that you sort of, t- I can't remember the name of it now, but the one that you tighten by hand. So we do that. And when it comes to boiling out, we've sort of worked out that so far we've not been so isolated from being able to do it near a drain or anything like that so we can boil out from there but we have some of the mesh to hold the teeth and stuff so we've got little little hacks for it but ideally the dental practices that we do do it for we can have like a remote steamer that we can steam as well so Mm -hmm. yeah it works out so far so good Mm -hmm. yeah have you ever had to be back there working while someone's driving because you're so close on time (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no thank well no, okay at one time ella needed to move the van because we blocked someone in and i was like oh i'll just sit in the back while so i don't have to put all the hand pieces away and it was the funnest experience of my life <laughs> I was around with my burrs it was so much fun but yeah dangerous but fun yeah <laughs> yeah it's a beautiful van i'm looking at it right now it's great oh. Thank you. What do you see a lot more out of your lab? Is it more removable or more fixed? Um, Well, I would say originally it was more fixed because we catered for a lot of implant practices. But with me doing more denturist work and stuff like that, my heart is in removable. And Mm -hmm. I love that generation of people that need them. And I would say now it's probably still 60% fixed Mm. and 40% removable. But yeah, it's, Mm. it's probably that ratio. 
Do you still do PFMs? Yes, although we'd say it's majority on zirconia. That's yeah. uh, that's this seems to be the the major preference. But we still got some dentists that prefer the PFMs. Yeah, they'll never switch over. Yeah, <laughs> the guy doing PFMs for sure. Yeah. So, with your ability to work on patients, do you see patients at the lab? I mean, sorry, at the laboratory. The laboratory, yeah. we've um, technically at the moment, no, we see them for shade taking. I'm yeah. currently in the process of, of putting Designing a surgery one. in, yes. Yeah, so we're at the final stages of the blueprints and getting it all in. But I work at dental practices. So at the moment, I've been working at a dental practice that we originally started in and I see patients there. And so I see them two days a week. I mean, there's two days a week. And then I bring the work back to the hive and then work on it the rest of the week for the team, with the team. Yeah. Wow. How do you put together an operatory? Like you said, it's coming together. What do you need? We've got like all of the designs in place for it. We've got a spare room that's kind of been a bit of a dumping ground in the hive for the past year. So we've kind of been working on getting the design in place and working with some companies on the flooring and the plumbing and everything else because we're in a kind of a listed building so there's only certain things that you can and can't do in there so we've got all that like the plans are there now so it's just a case of booking it in and because of I think it's like COVID and possibly Brexit but um getting some of the supplies over like the dental chair and stuff like that there's a longer waiting list than there would mm. originally have been so mm-hmm. yeah we're kind of waiting a little bit on those but yeah once that's in we've got everything else in place for Emily to start seeing patients there and we, we get quite a lot of people that kind of pop by for a denture repair and a lot of them say oh can you make me a new denture and obviously I have to go well no we can't you'll need to see a dentist or you know we don't have the facilities here but a lot of them are afraid of the dentist or they don't really want to go see them. So they're kind of on a waiting list for when we've got the clinic up and running and Emily can see them and then obviously refer to the dentist for review if they're not a dentalist, but um, go from there. So we've already got some people that are waiting kind of for when we have the room. That's exciting. Wow. Yeah, really excited for that. Looking forward to that. Do you think any dentist will take, I don't know, I don't want to use the phrase offense, but stop using you because now you're seeing patients or is that not a thing? I think it definitely was more of a thing. Um, whereas now, thankfully the dentists that I've got that are in the, that are sending us removables, I've been very transparent with them and they kind of use my strengths and I use their strengths for knowledge. So we kind of learn from each other. So they know that my heart is always with seeing patients directly and doing that. So Thankfully, no. Not a lot so- of dentists yeah. Yeah, don't really like doing dentures particularly. Yeah. Like, they prefer, and obviously if you're on the NHS anyway, they don't really get a lot of time for seeing patients. So actually going through all of the dental appointments is very hard. Um, yeah. And then if you're private over here, then you're kind of pushed towards the Invisalign or the implants, crown and bridge, that kind of thing. So denture patients are kind of like a missed um, group of people who kind of get left to the side. Whereas um, Emily's also been working in implant practices for quite a long time. So she's very good at kind of providing an overall treatment estimate options to patients and letting them know, you know, the benefit of implants and things like that. So then we can work with dental practices to say, well, we can obviously provide you with patients who are happy to have implants and things like that, as long as we can then do the dentures as part of their treatment mm-hmm. and kind of work together like collaboratively to get the best patient care. That's awesome. Getting patients on board with implants, that's the hardest part. But once you get there, mm. I mean, that's amazing. What's the common, is a locator, is locator common over there? Yeah, yeah. So that that's definitely, I find that the the best segue into getting patients over to, from dentures, especially at least on the lower, it just would yeah. be better just to have that. I think, isn't that, that's the golden standard, isn't it, in America, that you guys do that as a... Mm. Like in in England, that's sometimes not really even an option or given as an option to patients. Whereas I'd heard that in America, they're a lot better at informing patients. Of implants? Elvis works for an implant company, so he's the best to answer that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's getting more and more common. It's becoming the standard of care to get some implants. I would imagine it's doing the same over there. It's getting there. I think it just needs, yeah, there's a lot of patients that I see they've never heard of it or they instantly wince at the idea of oh or, or there'll be something like that we in their 
late 60s or seven early 70s and they go oh, I'm too old for that and I'm like no you're not no yeah. you're not. you know yeah there's a little bit that I think we've got a little way to go yet to sort of normalize implants and not see it as such a horrific scary thing that's what I tend to pick up from patients it makes their life so much better though mm, you know, yeah just convince them of you know how much better an implant is even though the healing time and all of that is a lot longer it really does. Um, our, I come from a, a large laboratory here in the States, and we've literally tripled single implants this past year. So wow. I know that in, in the U.S., they're definitely um, marketing and selling it, and they're accepting treatment a lot more than ever. I feel like COVID has made um, patients like kind of more aware of health, more health conscious, I guess, because you haven't been able to spend money on travel and holidays and whatever else. So you kind of look inwardly at yourself and think, oh, well, I'll spend some money on myself instead. Mm-hmm. And you care obviously more about health and the benefits yes. of having implants. And, and the, the I had a few patients say that they hadn't looked at themselves as much as they did during lockdown when they were on Zoom. Yeah, it did it definitely I think that's caused a surge. And people that can wear face masks now, they're going, right, let's get this treatment in because I can yeah. wear a face mask while I'm healing and huh. yeah. yeah. I've heard that the use of braces went up because of face masks. People weren't afraid oh, yeah. to go out there with braces, you know, you don't have that look. Because no one can see it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I didn't even think of braces. Yeah. Yeah, So what else is going on with the hive? I mean, are you looking to expand? Do you have that whole building? I'm looking at this wonderful. (laughs) It looks looks like the White House, honestly. It's actually called the White House. Yeah. Do you really? Yeah. How did you know that, Elvis? Do you have that whole building? We have the whole top floor. So there's um, there's two doors. And downstairs, is it a constitution club which is basically a a lovely group of gentlemen that like to that have a lot of money and they play um snooker snooker. yeah they play (laughs) snooker downstairs and we make teeth upstairs and um, and it's men only but there is a lady i think it's debbie behind behind the secret bar that's in there so it's we're worried that there is actual cults going on downstairs but we, oh, we, we carry on upstairs but yeah so we've got the the, the whole of the top floor yeah and yeah and the address for it is actually called the white house mm. on it so um oh really interesting yeah. very very fancy yeah awesome are you looking to expand or are you looking to kick out the weird people downstairs and <laughs> no they own the whole building so oh okay we... never mind never mind yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're potential patients when the set when the surgery's put in that's right they're, they're lovely lovely gentlemen down there but yes they're um yeah, yeah. Well, we're kind of looking to build that clinic room and then expand the clinic more um as obviously then being a feeder into the laboratory and we've kind of started working more with a charity called Dentech that I don't really like they've got much reach over in America at the moment Mm. um but it's a charity based in the UK that looks at kind of bridging the gap between patients like who may be homeless or abuse victims Mm -hmm. or things like that um and getting them access to free dental care so they kind of to the clinicians and then they'll the clinicians can see them and you know they'll have like some free time um that they'll give and then they kind of put the work out there and any lab that's happy to do it for free can then take the case on so we do some cases for them as well so we're just looking at kind of building that as well and helping them to build a community of you know clinicians and technicians and labs and stuff who can kind of help and support people who wouldn't ordinarily be able to get any help that's so kind of focused on those two things mm, yeah that one's that's definitely important to us to, <clears throat> yeah. to do to do that so I think yeah the rest of this year will be plowing into that mm. trying to build momentum there because they've behind the scenes and dentech the the charity they've got quite a lot of plans mm. to mm. expand yeah yeah they're working on a few a few things at the moment just to to make it easier for people to be able to refer and to work with charities and things like that which i think they're looking at sort of releasing in the next couple of months more information on that but yeah it's, it's really exciting because it's just like that opportunity that at the moment, I think there are so many people that just miss out on it, especially if you're homeless, yeah. you can't get access to it at all. Mm. And it can make such a massive difference to even just oh, getting a job interview or something like that. 
the kind of looking at that and then looking at the clinic to then feed back into the laboratory and also provide the sort of clinical care to denture patients in the area that's affordable but also you get nice dentures at the end of it <laughs> yeah and you can help on both sides you can help on the clinic side when you open up your area and then you mm-hmm. can also help on the lab side too Exactly. And and we're both lucky to be enough um, ex- open to be on the committee of Dentech. Mm. And so Ella's mastermind marketing and mm. everything, she's at the helm of that. And I don't know if we're allowed to talk about some of the stuff that's coming, but when it, I will let you know. I'll tag <laughs> you in it when it comes out. Yeah. It's, all, it's all Ella's marketing plans and everything that have gone, gone to town. So, mm. yeah, it's really exciting. So when you do get the surgery in there, how do you market that, Eleanor? Like, do you go out to the docs, to the public, or both? We're kind of going to go to both. It's like a two-pronged approach. So patients are already kind of aware of who we are in as much as as being there and doing the denture repairs. And I've seen quite a big shift over the last couple of years of where it used to be a case of there's you know, go to an NHS practice or private practice and then be referred to people who were sort of specialists within the industry, whereas now patients are taking a more proactive approach to their care and seeking people out specifically. So my idea is more to present, obviously, Emily, as kind of a specialist within the denture industry um, and why you'd want to go and see a clinical denture technician over a dentist for specifically for denture care and the amount of experience she's got with that um so kind of being a thought leader on that approach and marketing that to patients and also things like care homes and stuff where they get kind of neglected a little bit and left to the side but then also to dental practices and saying you know we do have experience in upselling and cross-selling treatment and working with implants and things so if you'll work with us and that refer as your dentist will refer back to you for the higher profile mm. parts of the case. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of dentists will will work with that. We've got some good buzz from that at the moment of dentists who are happy to to work with that because obviously the patient's getting the best patient journey because they're working, you know, getting the work from the people who have got the best experience in each area. Mm-hmm. And it's reciprocal. So, you know, they help you, you help them and everybody's happy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Keep them on your side. That's for sure. It's it's great. Mm. Yeah. And you get, and also I think having the lab on site or the clinic on site with the lab mm-hmm. means that, you know, when you are doing the try-ins and things like that, you've got whatever technician is working directly on your teeth is there. And, I, and for a technician, I mean, obviously I'm not one, but like you guys all are, I would mm-hmm. imagine it's significantly easier for you to produce better work if you actually see it in the mouth and see you know the face like the facial structure and it just helps you get that like perfect smile as opposed to working with you know a blurry picture if you even get a picture (laughs) and for me too you know you get the emotional aspect of you Mm -hmm. know seeing what you're doing and and the change in their life and how happy we make people and it's just so gratifying I think working directly with patients Mm, Mm -hmm. yeah definitely because I think that you had on your talk an Instagram friend of mine, Nina, who... Oh, uh, Nina. Oh, Nina. Yeah. Good old we Nina. love Nina. <laughs> so, yeah, she she works with Dencraft and mm-hmm. they've got the clinic on site. And just the work that she churns out is incredible. So being on site, mm-hmm. I definitely want to put that level of work out for mm-hmm. our patients. So, yeah. Yeah. So I see on Instagram that coming up, you all are speaking at the North of England Dentistry Show. Yes. yes is this are. your first on stage speaking? Uh, yeah, it is it actually. Is, yeah. yeah, we did like a little trial, obviously, in our lab of like a little bit, talking a little bit about what we were doing a couple of weeks ago. But yeah, this is the first time that we're on stage in front of people. So mm. only mildly terrified. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. yeah, it's terrifying for sure. I agree. <laughs> Yeah. What are you talking about? We're discussing the role of the laboratory in the patient journey. Um, nice. So wow. it's kind of a big topic, but we're kind of throwing in like branding and why that's important, um, why communication is important, and sort of figuring out how best to communicate with dental practices and patients, and like even sort of an uh, like an understanding and an awareness that patients are aware of the laboratory now they they are a little bit more aware that dental technicians are doing their work and if you get sent for a shade taking or something like that for example it's how you as a technician come across and how every interaction that patient has along their journey it impacts on the finished product 
and yeah. how you treat them, how you purport yourself on social media, even if it's on your personal page versus the professional page, patients might pick up on that. And so it's kind of understanding that aspect and how that feeds into their journey and their experience and how you can add value in what you're doing to the end result. Awesome. Yeah, it sounds like you know exactly what you're going to talk about. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like she does. Yeah. You know, I'm going to let Ella do the talking. You're just standing to the side. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to try to costume. So. <laughs> yeah. I love her, and she's brilliant, and she's got balls. <laughs> What's the audience? Are you talking to other technicians? Is it mostly dentists? What kind of show is this? Um, it's So it's for everyone. And so it's any kind of dental professional can attend. And there's like different hubs. So you've got like the business hub, the implant dentistry hub. So oh, I see. Like the lab hub, but it's nice. open to anyone. So it could be a dentist, dental nurse, you know, or a technician, lab owner. So we're assuming that we're speaking to a variety of people. And hopefully people turn up to yeah. listen. Yeah. And, I mean, it would be really awkward if there's just like two people there, but... We're, um, we're going to rock those two people yeah. live. So, <laughs> yeah. I've got a question that you guys alluded to very early on into the podcast about being eco-friendly. Mm-hmm. Is there is there materials or anything that you're using or anything you've got? How does that work in the lab? For us, the packaging that we use, so we use biodegradable bubble wrap and stuff like that and tissue paper. And we are currently, we're trying to look into getting a reliable, eco-friendly 3D printing resin that yeah. we know from out there. We're just looking into sort of the accuracy and everything to do with that. I mean, and it's things like that kind mm. of limiting our carbon footprint. So at the moment, we're looking at getting our lab cars all electric so that there's no... Ooh. Awesome. I love that. Yeah, we just did that at the moment. And then obviously, like, a, a portion of the money that we bring in from, like, turnover and stuff from the dentists all goes back towards the bees locally in the local community. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of, like, increasing their habitats and things like that so that we can kind of offset the damage that you naturally have to do when you're working with plaster and plastic and things. So there's only so much that you can do, unfortunately. But if yeah. we could in another area give back and improve the habitat that way then we feel like we're kind of setting that a bit Mm, i love that yeah i know there's a lot of complaint about all the models we're printing and there's nothing to do with them just throwing them away yeah exactly yeah i mean we turned some into christmas baubles for christmas so as well you know there's there's lots of things out there that you could just turn them into that's what we're also looking at as well (laughs) <laughs> do you guys use a lot of rubbing alcohol we do do you distill that i ran into a lab the other day that did that whole process it was quite interesting you're kidding me that's not great. distill they reuse wow. it i don't yeah it is a distill yeah we have something we, we have something what's the to, when we clean in the models that we reuse that's a plant-based uh, one yeah there's a yeah there's a plant-based like <laughs> resin cleaner that i literally kind of remember the name of it's like eco natural something or other yes mm-hmm. like, it sounds yeah. like the same thing that you're talking about so yes we reuse that you have to leave it in sunlight for it to settle and you get the the resin residue at the bottom of the glass and then it, you, can keep, you can keep reusing the top but it's also perfectly safe to put down the drain or whatever interesting yeah wow mm. and you use that after you print the models yes yeah. yeah so that's kind of like the rubbing alcohol that we use over here or the isotopic alcohol or whatever mm-hmm. it's called mm-hmm. yeah interesting he's using big words now ladies <laughs> look yeah. out he's trying to show off his brain power <laughs> <laughs> And I will lose that. <laughs> so that's great. I love what you guys are doing over there. And I keep saying you guys, and I apologize. I, oh, no. I love what y'all are doing over there. <laughs> oh, thank you. I Me love too. the hive. I think it's yep. great. I think it's Thanks. awesome marketing. How often do you all get asked, who's the queen bee? Oh, <laughs> damn. That's a great question. That is a very good question. It's obviously Ella. I mean, I think it's polite that you even asked Elvis, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I already knew. (laughs) Yeah, she's she's actually, she's got it embroidered on the back of her jacket. I'm not even joking. I need to send you a picture of it. It says Queen Bee? It says says hashtag Queen Bee. Yeah. Nice. What does yours say? I want to be. (laughs) 
as long as she knows her place, we're all good. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. So how many technicians do you have working in there now? So we have technically technicians, three, um, not including myself, and then um, admin, two. Okay. Not yeah. including myself. Yeah. I don't know why that took so long for me to say five. That's like all together. Yeah. It's a high it's number. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> and you have drivers that go out and run routes. We do. Well, we have um, Leah, who is one of the admins. So she's she's amazing. She does the booking in cases. She rallies around the what? Sorry, photography. Photography. Um, and she does the driving. And we, I find this fascinating. I tell everyone, but we basically. She's a good friend of mine, but uh-huh. her previous job, she was working at a vegetarian sausage factory, which I'm like, look at that title. Yeah. Imagine just opening liner with that. So yeah. when she, out that she, she worked there and it could tell even, you know, as a friend, her friendship and everything, she, she had very transcending capabilities of doing mm. stuff. So she was one of the first people that came on board and she's yeah a major asset to the lab with everything she does that's awesome nice how long has the hive been open just a year yeah we're coming up to our one year anniversary the as hive. The hive. Yeah. you're kidding me wow how do you become the best lab in the uk <laughs> in the first year because we had the original laboratory um that was mm. at that clinic and then transferred over we, we uh. it's still yeah so technically the business has been open for Four, four years. Yeah, almost four years. Oh, okay, okay. That makes sense. Um, but for like the first three years, it was essentially Emily doing like the prosthetics, the CAD CAM, ceramics, and seeing patients. So yeah. she didn't sleep for a couple of years. Still <laughs> <laughs> looking good on it. It's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then when we moved over to the Hive and expanded and kind of took on other dental practices, that's when we've taken on more technicians and then can kind of see, see more you know, work. Beautiful. Congratulations on all the success. Well-deserved, well-earned. Oh, thank you very much. Mm. That's very sweet of you. And awesome just to talk to you. It was lovely. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Great stuff. Thank you so much, Eleanor, Emily, Petard. I appreciate it. (laughs) Getting better. York. (laughs) (laughs) You should announce everywhere we can now. Yeah. We appreciate you coming on the thank podcast you. and telling your story. It's great stuff. Oh, thank you for having us. Awesome. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you soon. Great. Thank you. Whitmix's outstanding Vera Echo LCD 3D printer delivers fast print speed and exceptional accuracy due to its 95% LED light uniformity. Print temporary and permanent crowns and bridges. Models and dies, surgical guides, splints, custom trays, and even dentures with Whitmix's Vera Model OS, Vera Guide OS, Keystone Key Splint Soft, Denka Denture, Denka Temporary Crown and Bridge, Bago Varseo Crown Plus, Bago Varseo Smile Temp, Veracast, and Vera Tray Resins. That is a lot of resins. Vera Echo and its 120 by 80 millimeter print plate is ready to provide its printing power right out of the box with 54 calibrated LEDs for curing consistency, ultra accurate, and smooth prints with its 49 micron pixel size and an easy to use touchscreen. If you're looking for a compact, fast, and accurate 3D printer, call 1 800 626 5651 or visit whitmix.com for more information or to order the whitmix vera echo 3d printer and as always we appreciate your support of the podcast whitmix a super thanks to eleanor and emily for taking time out of your busy beehive to talk to us on the podcast congratulations to all your success and what we are sure to be even more successes as the years go by We love hearing about technicians taking on more clinical experiences to better serve the patients, and especially I do, and I know, Elvis, you do as well, and wish more countries would allow this. What do you think, America? Do we want a black dress event to hand out awards for dental laboratories in the U.S.? I think we do. I think we do. Like the Oscars, but with less slapping? Or maybe more slapping? Depends on who shows up. 
Yeah, that's good, Elvis. You did good this week. (laughs) Who would I want to slap on stage? I wouldn't Mm. want to slap anybody, to be honest with you, except maybe my ex-husband, but no, no, not even him. I wouldn't mind being slapped by a few famous technicians. That might be good. (laughs) That sounds kind of sexual. Now you're going there, aren't you? Whoa, (laughs) you're not that sick. (laughs) (laughs) I'm never that sick. Come on, get a hold of yourself. (laughs) All right, everybody. Barb, get better. Thank you. We need you to get well. We will talk to everybody next week. Have a good one, guys. Bye. It's not going to be all cheery and shit. <laughs>